We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about BlueWire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at BlueWire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome everyone to another edition of the pack a day podcast thanks for joining us again today my name is dan kotnick and i'm joined by my two partners in crime that i'm with each and every other tuesday here on the pack a day podcast it's matt frelick and janelle mackey to help us break down everything that we saw last Sunday, just a couple days ago on Sunday night, and look ahead to the Bears and what we want to look at uh, this week as we get ready for week 17 of the Green Bay Packers regular season. Guys, how are you feeling after that, uh, I mean, just amazing experience that we saw on Sunday night? That's the only way I, I think I can describe it. Just flawless everywhere. Yeah, it was flawless, and it's it's that anxiousness of waiting till seven twenty central to watch a game, um, especially when it's an opponent like the Tennessee Titans. I uh, feel fantastic, really. I mean, we're gonna get into more of that, and the guys talked about it yesterday um, on the podcast as well. So I'm excited to discuss it, but I'm feeling very, very great going into Week 17 into Soldier Field. Janelle, um, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, Sunday night game against a really tough opponent. In the snow at Lambeau, it was basically as perfect as it could have gone for the Packers. So just everything was beautiful. It was perfect scenario, perfect result. I just, I still am waiting to wake up from whatever dream I'm having because it's almost <laughs> too unrealistic what we watched last night. Yeah, no kidding. That's that's the perfect way to describe it because I, I just did not expect that kind of performance from this team. Like. You know, you and like us three have talked every other Tuesday, and we've had the unfortunate short end of the stick to like always be talking about some of the worst losses from this season. We had the Buck, we had the Bucks game, and then we had uh, I think we had the Vikings game two weeks after that, or was it? It was the Vikings, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like every time we talked. After those, it's like – and and really almost every week it feels like we're just waiting for this team to be complete, you know, to play like a complete game overall. And that was the most complete I've seen the Green Bay Packers play against a quality opponent in a, in a long time. 
Um, and I mean, to do it now is, is the perfect, is the perfect timing to do it, uh, to kind of get us started here, guys. Uh, the first things that we want to be looking out for this week, it's hate week, week 17, Chicago bears in soldier field, a chance to get the number one seed, obviously in the NFC with a win Packers can still get it with a loss. Uh, we don't want it to come to that though. Uh, with the Seahawks, end up losing to the San Francisco 49ers. So the first time ever in my life, I'll say go 49ers. Um, but yeah, like for you guys, as as fans, from your perspective, how big is it for you to get the number one seed or for the Packers to grab the number one seed? Because there's lots of, you know, there's lots of fan theories about do you like the buy? Do you not like the buy? Where do you guys fall? I think we talked about it a few times, right? I know two weeks ago, um, Dan, you had posed the question, mm-hmm. just saying if um, if given the opportunity, should LaFleur rest? Are you excited about the number one seed? Um, and I think a lot of that was around the premise of, you know, is Matt LaFleur good off a bye? And I think it's just too right. early to tell at this point. I mean, his record is very minimal. I think he's what, only got a couple games to go off of. So tough to tell. And I think at this point, I think what I remember if I'm, remembering correctly i think i said something along the lines of just being that there's seven teams this year there is only one buy i think it's even more coveted to have um when you put all that aside i just think you look at what the packers did on sunday night in the elements the the mystic elements of lambeau field with the snow and the lights and just everything like that i mean and then you also did it running the snot out of the ball with your second round pick who really hasn't done anything up to this point. And now all of a sudden, if you have a healthy backfield with all three of those guys as that stable, it's just, it's, you have to be fearful if you're an NFC defensive coordinator at this point, because not only are they able to do it through the air in the elements, that was clear. Devonte Adams can do whatever he wants to any defensive back, but you're able to run the ball with a rookie running back. Who's an absolute unit and then still have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams be able to mix in. So, I, I'm super pumped. I just hope that they, whatever their regimen is during the bye week, if and when it comes, like you said, Dan, a lot of things would have to fall short for it not to happen in Soldier Field and throughout the rest of the league this year, this week. Um, but I'm I'm pretty pumped to have the number one seed having the bye week, especially just with the momentum and the confidence. I think that they've built off of uh, the Week 16 win. Yeah, and you can get as superstitious as you want. Like I'm as superstitious as they come, but the one seed really is important, especially when it involves playing at Lambeau Field. Like this team, especially in January when it's cold, having the playoffs come through Lambeau is so important. I think we saw it when they play in their element, like they're literally in their element the other night. So I think, yeah, as the bye week, whatever, you know, streaks are meant to be broke, right? So break the bye week streak and go out there. Playoffs is a whole different game. Like regular season is regular season, but Playoffs are a different breed of game, so everybody comes in with a different mentality once playoffs start. So, yeah, I mean, we were all kind of iffy with the bye week. Like, it's just a stat, whatever. It is what it is, and I I think the best way for these playoffs to go is to be able to host these games at cold Lambeau Field. So, yeah, Matt really touched on a lot of good stuff. Like, we see just – and I think the elements just add a whole nother – mental side of this game too like the guys having fun playing in the snow and it's like they're having fun with it and it's just classic frozen tundra and i would much rather see playoffs go through cold weather than for them to have to go play in domes or warm weather or kind of out of their norm i think the best thing is especially with like the covid protocol staying home staying in green bay just being able to um not travel and avoid all that hecticness just staying in your area is going to be crucial. Yeah, that's a good point with the, the COVID stuff for sure, too. And I think, too, you know, we we, de- we definitely did bring this up. Uh, I think maybe it might have been last time or even the time before that when, you know, things were kind of starting to shake out more that it looked like the Packers were going to be in the driver's seat for a number one seed. And uh, if I was good at my job, I would have pulled up the tweet that someone sent us, um, you know, after that. Where kind of mentioning that Matt Lafleur may be zero and two coming off of bye weeks in the regular season, but he's undefeated coming off bye weeks in the playoffs. But you know, just echoes exactly what you guys said there. It's a completely different animal, uh, you know, the playoffs and the bye. And I think 
I think too, playing at Lambeau, you guys both mentioned like the snow and the atmosphere of being there. I think it has to be said that this defense especially is playing different in front of their own fans. Like they mentioned that, you know, players mentioned that early on was how how like they rely on the fans, especially at Lambeau, to kind of juice them up and keep them going on defense, you know. And we've seen the last couple of times now, this defense, it, it really feels like they're playing with a different kind of energy. And I think – I, I think you have to point to the fans being there as at least some kind of spark or you know, motivator or something, you know, uh, to, the, to what what the energy that defense has been bringing. So, yeah, to get to play in front of them two more times and for a chance uh, to go to the Super Bowl would be absolutely huge. I think there's no question about it. So, again, Go 49ers, and let's kick the crap out of the Bears and just take care of it ourselves. And also, since we're talking about playoff stuff, let's also – I think we need to root – I guess we don't need to root, but root for the Cardinals as well to beat the Rams because that's the only other way the Bears get in. Because I think they can get in if they lose They lose to us and the Cardinals lose, they're still the, num- they're still the seven seed. So – I guess go Cardinals as well. We're just wait, we're just rooting for half of the NFC <laughs> NFC West now at and, this point. And to that point, Janelle mentioned that before we started recording, Goff injured his thumb, yeah. um, and I don't even I don't know if he's playing this week. I guess I would. I don't yeah. think I mean, so because surgery. they're talking about that wolf. There you go. Unless he's like so, a superhuman. <laughs> so I guess you know, up until yesterday afternoon, I thought the Rams are a damn good football team, very talented on either side of the ball. Um, kind of a just. They're not maybe not playing to their peak performance, but when they do play, they're a scary team. So getting them out of the playoffs, I would be okay with. But I mean, getting the Bears out of the playoffs would be cool too, especially. And if the Rams are injured with a backup quarterback, that'd be nice too. But um, I guess kicking the Bears out of the playoffs that'd be awesome. Always is. Um, And here, here's the here's the thing too. Uh, You mentioned the Rams. How everyone was sort of everyone's been scared of them. All year, everyone's been scared of the Seahawks. Everyone's been scared of the Bucks. All of those teams have looked incredibly human the last couple of weeks. The only team that scares me right now is the New Orleans Saints, uh-huh. and I think putting them into a scenario of playing at Lambeau in the middle of January is a completely different dynamic than having to go play them in New Orleans right now. And so, I mean, just again, adds another layer to why this is so important, because for me, at least, the Saints are the only team that scares me. And if you can put Drew Brees into a situation where he's throwing, you know, in 15 mile an hour wind and snow, that's a that's a complete game changer for me. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I think just like you're saying, Dan, like there's been so many teams, AFC and NFC combined that have just fallen short of where they were after, I don't know, week nine or ten. Yeah. And I mean, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, a little before Thanksgiving, I was fearful of the Seahawks. Um, the Niners were looking like they could could have made a push, obviously, without Garoppolo coming back in full strength. That hasn't happened. Uh, it's just been across the board, really. Like, I mean, the Buccaneers, like you mentioned, have too. But I think right now the only team I'm fearful of would be the Saints. I mean, weirder things have happened. Russell Wilson in the playoffs, that defense is playing well. But to your point, again, I couldn't agree with you more. Taking – uh, Sean Payton and that offense out of the dome, having them come into elements in Lambeau is a, a huge equalizer. Yeah, and I think since we played them last, they have fans there now, which is a huge game mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. too. So that's a momentum swing that you don't want them to have. Yep. And, you know, that little bit of sour taste from earlier in the year, you don't want them to be vengeful. You coming into their home again, they don't want to lose to you at home twice. Kamara, obviously we saw what he did to the Vikings, don't really – want to face him anytime soon in his in his home make him come here because i don't know they said derrick henry this was his element and didn't work for him so maybe they just got to get these guys up in the cold weather and they struggle a little bit so yeah bring everyone to cold lambo field and let's see how they do (laughs) 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient which means every hire is critical indeed is here to help Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. 
Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, that's that's the game plan, man. That's I mean, that's been... That's been the whole game plan ever since it's been the frozen tundra, you know. Um, the other kind of storyline to talk about too, uh, that's not exactly um, you know player and, and on the field related, is injury wise for the Packers coming into Week 17 pretty healthy. They've actually been really healthy the last couple of weeks. Knock on wood, everybody at home. Um, and the only two injuries of note coming into the rest of this week, at least as we are right now is Jamal Williams, who didn't play on Sunday night. He was dealing with that quad injury. It sounds like that's not going to be as bad of an injury. Um, it, it's not a it's not a strain. It's a contusion. So hopefully that kind of clears up a little bit. But just getting an extra week would do wonders to help him get 100%, I'm sure. Uh, and then Rick Wagner went down, I think, in the third quarter there uh, against the Titans. And he did not look great coming off. Walked off really gingerly. Um, I think I heard that was a knee or at least something, something lower body. We, we decided we're going to use the hockey term, right? You know, lower body injury. Uh, but yeah, like th- those are the only two moving forward. So as we, as we look how it affects this week, guys, for me, it's, it's two things coming out of those injuries. One, what are we going to see out of the offensive line switch up again? You know, I think we'll probably see what we saw the second half with Lucas Patrick at the right guard position there, Matt, your personal friend, Um, (laughs) friend of the, and then, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, the other one though, is the more fun one to think about because dude, AJ Dillon, like talk about a coming out party uh, with what he, what he came out there. I mean, to outplay Derrick Henry in a game like that. And basically what is your first like real, full game experience like he's had a couple games where he's had about five carries or so but this is the first time where he was basically a featured back and he outshined a guy that you know you could argue is in contention for offensive player of the year or even mvp sometime you know some years when he's playing at such a high level to do that is crazy but looking forward now how much more are we going to see of him in the next couple of weeks because one more week of the regular season and then at least guaranteed one more playoff game. And the talk has always been, A.J. Dillon comes in, what does that mean for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? So, guys, what do you kind of make of that situation at the running back position? Do you think that we're going to kind of see basically an audition from A.J. Dillon over the next couple of weeks? And do you think that we should read into kind of like playing time? Let's say all three are healthy. Do you read into how much of a split those running backs are getting it is just like a perfect scenario for the Packers organization fans Matt LaFleur the running backs like besides Aaron Jones actually he's the only one in a really shitty spot (laughs) because like all everyone that was hating on the pick and I was one of them back in April I, I mean my only silver lining was that at some point when the weather got cold and the Packers are going to run the ball more and not spread it out, A.J. Dillon was going to be a focal point. And that happened. It took until week 16. Kind of surprised it took that long, but Merry Christmas to all of us. And so now, not only does he have a ton of tread on the tires, but you're able to actually use him a lot. I mean, he had 21 attempts last night. He had a couple catches through the air and a couple targets that way. So he really played damn near 25 snaps. And he's got young legs, obviously, right? And strong ones at that. So it's like, not only are you able to use him and see what you got out of him, but you can also make the excuse like, well, he had a really good game in week 16. Why would we not keep running the ball, especially if they're playing outdoors in the cold? And like, 
It only keeps Jamal Williams fresh. If he's coming back from that quad, like you said, not that big of a deal, but he's able to be more dynamic and explosive in that kind of sparing role. Um, but like I mentioned, like Aaron Jones is kind of the odd man out. I mean, it makes good for the Packers to be able to cut ways with him and, you know, not have to pay him at the end of this year, which I do not think they can do or will do. Um, and, and unfortunately for him, he doesn't have a, a great 2020 campaign to go out on at this point, assuming that his touches will decrease. I think he still will have some quality attempts in the in the playoffs because they'll need him in the passing game, in the receiving game rather, but um, not good for him not to highlight his skills towards the end of the 2020 campaign. But overall, it's it's a great, great problem to have if you're Matt LaFleur in this team and the front office you're able to rely on your second round pick that everyone said was probably the worst pick you had in the draft and just pound the rock with him now um I'm super excited I don't know if I'd be shocked I guess if AJ Dillon would have the same amount of production he had two touchdowns 124 yards but um knowing that he's able to do that at the drop of a hat when we really didn't see anything like that from him for the first 15 weeks um is amazing going to the playoffs Yeah, and I mean, uh, Aaron Jones went down at one point, right, with Mm -hmm. that weird hip or something. So A.J. Dillon kind of had to take over the role as running back one for the game yesterday, and he did not disappoint. I mean, he comes out with 21 carries, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, Aaron Jones did come back for a little bit, but he just 10 carries, 94 yards. So I think, yeah, it's, you know, where Aaron Jones lacked, A.J. Dillon picked up, and we really got to see for the first time what A.J. Dillon can offer, at least in a December game at Lambeau, you know, in the snow. And, yeah, Matt saying he's got strong legs is quite the understatement for the Quadzilla, but uh, (laughs) it was just, it was fun to watch him really break out and watch the guys be excited for him. You know, that that first failed Lambeau leap, and then the second one, I think it's Lazard's pushing him over the edge to try and get him up there and help him celebrate. So I think just another guy who gets in on the fun. And, yeah, it it's, a, it's not the worst problem to have when it's like, oh, well, now maybe we have three solid running backs. Now what do we do at the end of this season? And, yeah, I mean, I would love to see an Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon tandem going forward. It kind of makes it questionable for Jamal, but you also have to consider cap space and stuff like that and price tag. And I mean, I I like that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon offer very different things in their run game. I like that they're very different. So like, yeah, maybe Aaron Jones, it's not the type of run he can make, but A.J. Dillon, a guy who can just plow through guys, which we saw literally just plowing guys over to find the end zone, like, like a freight train. And it's just Aaron Jones is a little bit more slippery. So it they offer two very different things, and I thought the same thing about Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, how they're kind of very different, but now they've also kind of morphed into something similar, especially in the past game as running backs. And we actually did get to see A.J. Dillon catch one for five yards, which was pretty cool. And, yeah, just I am just so mesmerized by what this offense – like it's like there's some kind of surprise every week, whether it's Tunyon or Dillon or like – Tavon Austin catching a pass and just like all this bizarre stuff that this offense does every week. I'm just, I should be used to the surprises by now, but yeah, like I'm going to worry about the running back situation after the season's over, because right now I just want to ride the high that they're on and just keep having fun with it. Yeah. It's really, that's, that's the thing out of, out of all the speculation and stuff that we want to talk about is, like, just sit back and enjoy the freaking ride with this team because this team is so damn special. We don't see offenses like this in Green Bay all the time. You know, I mean, just go back to 2018, you know, when this when this team was was struggling to score points against the Cardinals and the Lions. You know, uh, I, I mean, the, with the way this defense is playing, like this team is in the prime position to win a championship this year because a lot of your young guys are still on rookie deals. Savage, uh, Rashawn Gary, um, Aaron Jones, you know, like all these guys are still on, on young deals and you've already now paid these big contracts to guys like Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark. This team isn't going to stay together at like this for much longer. Might probably not pass these couple games. So all this that we're witnessing, this greatness, like just relax and enjoy what we're watching because it's not going to stick around forever and it doesn't come around very often. Um, with that said, though, 
I think uh, my my personal dream would be to keep Aaron Jones somehow. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon as a backfield is just mouthwater. Like it, it makes me think of Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis in Carolina. You know, mm-hmm. the the speedy guy out of the backfield that can catch is a threat all over, and then a guy that's just just ground and pound. He literally murdered somebody at the goal line. I think it was like yeah, 92 or something. Yeah. Ross put out that video. I, I, I seriously, I I had like, an, like a, a, a guttural reaction when I saw that because when you see the running back go into the, the pile like that, you just expect, you know, you, you just expect the play to kind of like matriculate out. It, it, it peters out and it's done. No, he but then like to a see, pullback through the line. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> to see to see that defensive lineman fly backwards, and it's AJ Dillon bowling him over and reaching out for a touchdown. This this is this is amazing, and it's and it's weird that like we almost can say like him being stashed on the COVID reserve list for five weeks almost turned out to be somewhat of a benefit because he had five weeks where he wasn't playing. Now, granted, he apparently did not have a great time with COVID. I know. I mean, nobody does, but it affected him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that even came up this week when LaFleur wanted to run him more and the running, I forget who the, the running backs coach is exactly now had to stop him and say like, we can't, we can't keep running him like this. He needs a breather because he's just not used to the workload. And I think that he's still kind of have some lingering effects, but to him to not play for a good portion of the season like this, to come out now, just like what you guys said, he's fresh He's hungry, and this is this is the time that you brought in AJ Dillon for. So this is this is great. Um, I mentioned two guys on the defensive side that are coming into their own: Rashawn Gary and uh, Darnell Savage. This defense, you guys, like, is this the best game that we've seen out of a Mike Pettin defense? Like again, like against a quality opponent, is this the the most well rounded defensive uh, appearance that we've seen? I. I have to say yes, and no offense to Janelle, but I'll defer to Dan. I feel like he has a uh, a longer, maybe an elephant's memory, if you will, of uh-huh. games. So I'll refer to you on that. But I, I can't remember a game like this where it was, I mean, a very, very potent offense. One of the, if not the best, uh, I guess, imposing running backs in the league, and you're able to stifle him and basically game planned around him completely and stopped him. Uh, maybe the elements affected the passing game a little bit, but guys were still flying around. And I, I can't remember a game like this. And to see a game where you're able to highlight then Darnell Savage, where they have to throw the ball, the Titans offense, and they're down three scores, and you're going to let guys sit back into coverage on their heels or on their toes, rather, with Jair and Darnell. And then Rayshon Gary's just kind of every game just – Little by little, coming into his own more and more and more. He's, you know, a couple weeks ago he was taking snaps away from Preston. Now he's getting more looks, and now he's just, he's just, a, he's ferocious. So I, it's a great opportunity for Petten. I think Petten's always been one of those guys that likes to have pieces at every level, whether it be the front seven or the, you know, the back end in the secondary. So I think he's really loving this opportunity. But I was very impressed with what Mike Petten put together on Sunday night. It, I was shocked they were able to stuff Derrick Henry like they were. I mean, granted, he ended up with 93 yards, which it is what it is. Like, they're still going to run him the ball, but it, it was a very mediocre 93 yards, and if that was really their only production, um, I, I'm totally okay with that, and I, I was very impressed with Petten. Janelle, do you have – I mean, is there a game this year, Janelle, you can think of, or even something of recent that boggles your memory at all? I mean, not this year. You know, there's been better games, but not games where it is just so solid from start to finish. You know, really, there wasn't any adjustments that seemed to be needed to be made. And it was just start to finish. This defense was phenomenal. And it was awesome. Like, I think this is my favorite defensive game since that Seahawks game a few years back where they had like five interceptions. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of my favorite defensive games in the last few years just because it was just so well-rounded and I mean guy like it's like every time they got to Tannehill it was like a classic cheesy football movie where there's like six guys piling on because everyone just wants a piece of the action and it was just everybody was everywhere and 
aside from, I know, like I tweeted out, I had no negative thoughts about this defense. And you get the couple of people that are like, well, Kevin King with that tackle, well, Tannehill with that 45-yard run. It's not like they're going to be perfect throughout the game, but they still came and faced the top scoring offense in the league and held them to 14 points. You cannot praise that enough. It was incredible. Like It was like a whole different defense came out of the locker room than we've seen. And they've been kind of stepping into their own these last few games where it's like, oh, yeah, they're actually doing really well. Things are happening. But this was the true test. And I am just blown away with, like, Petten and the defense and the production. Like, everything on the defense was so solid. It's shocking. Like, I I don't know if this is the same defense that we started the year with because it's just such a huge turnaround. I'm mind-boggled as to how they started the way they did and are now where they're at. Yeah. And look, if you've listened to us three record before, you know my thoughts on Mike Petten. Um, but here's, here's the thing I've always, I don't know if I've always made it clear, but I've never put a hundred percent of the blame on Mike Pettin for the way that this defense has struggled at times, because there's so much talent on this defense. And in the first part of the season, the first half, they were not playing up to their talent level. Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, uh, even Savage wasn't playing up to his level. And now look at what's happening. Savage is coming into his own. Preston is starting to play better. And Rashawn Gary is finally getting the opportunities to go out and make plays. I think also they've changed up. I I think they've changed up the scheme a little bit and played Darnell closer to the line, more in the box. And I think he's, he's flourishing down there. I really do. So I think it's, it's, this is a combination of three things. One, Scheme has changed a little bit to the stars that you've paid this money to come play are starting to live up to that. And the draft picks, the first round picks are starting to live up to that as well. And then three, it really helps when this offense is playing like it is, you know, because this team is built around complementary football. If the offense is playing well, this defense vibes off of that. And they pin their ears back, and they are they are hard to stop. When that offense is struggling, we can't always rely on the defense to just come out and act like this every single time. We haven't seen it yet, so it's it's a this this game was just a combination of all three of those things. And the, um, what I'm looking forward to the rest of this year is just to see the growth, especially of Darnell Savage, because if people were throwing around the name Nick Collins yesterday, and yeah, like it's. It's pretty cool to see because like this, this is exactly what we kind of saw out of Nick Collins. This is like this secondary. When's the last time that we had a safety group like this? Uh, 2011? Oof. You know, like, but yeah, after, you have to like after Nick Collins era to mm-hmm. find a team like that. Right. Like this, like this defense at the, at the key position, you could argue right now have pro bowlers at almost every level on this defense. I wouldn't I wouldn't say at the linebacker position yet, but you've got guys like Kamal Martin who are starting to play outstanding football. Kirksey has the interception yesterday. This defense is peaking at the right time and it's it's it, that that's that's what has to give you the most hope going forward in the next week or so and I I mean looking forward to the Bears guys Mitchell Trubisky according to numbers has been playing much better and has been playing very hot according to to ESPN. But I believe he's beaten the Lions, the Jaguars, and I think it was I, – I just had this pulled up. I should have had this pulled up already. The, he played the, the Jaguars. Texans. the te- Yeah, the Texans and I mean, like the, and the Lions and, and some other team. I think it, it might have been the Vikings thrown in there too. I was going to say they played the Vikings two weeks ago. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the worst defenses in the entire league. So I am really looking forward to what happens on Sunday because I think with a number one seed being on the line and being able to have a chance to knock the Bears out of the playoffs, I think this defense is going to come out just guns blazing. And I I think if they – dude, if they can stop Derrick Henry, they can stop anybody 
And so, like, I, I'm riding high going going into this. Dan's week. finally positive. This, look what this defense did to Dan. I love it. <laughs> I'm see. I'm usually okay. I feel like I'm a fairly positive person. Is it that not? Uh, no, you are. I try and have fun here, and then you shut it down pretty. No, quickly. I, I will, I will be negative as necessary when it comes to the defense. You guys are so, I, so negative. It's nice that this team is playing so well that you guys have shut that off a little bit. <laughs> I, but looking at the Bears, like I, like you said, Dan. They, I mean, Trubisky's been playing. I guess above average ball for his trying standards, to earn that right? Contract that we all want. Trying to earn oh, that please. contract, which we so much want Ryan Pace to, to let him sign quickly here. But I'm, I, th- I, I'm very confident Mitchell Trubisky will come back to earth um, in Soldier Field this weekend. I'm interested to see what their playmakers do, specifically Montgomery, Allen Robinson. And then I want to see what Jimmy Graham does against his old foe in the Packers and that defense. Um, he's been having a pretty good year for himself, much better than I think everyone expected him to going in that Chicago Bears offense. But I, I can't imagine Mitchell Trubisky has, I mean, like you said, Dan, you let it off perfect. Numbers-wise, it looks great. But just, I mean, there was some stuff on Sunday. He's thrown in the back of the end zone when there's 12 guys there. Half of them are wearing Jaguars jerseys. It's just, it was an ugly game. And I mean, yeah, statistically, it might look okay. Fantasy football might look good. But, I mean, you're getting some Ws against some pretty shitty teams and some bottom-of-the-barrel defenses. So let's see what happens when you play a statistically top-10 defense. Not sure if they're there yet, but they sure as hell look like it on Sunday. The NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, and I mean, Bears, they, they are coming off of a big win, like almost a kind of like almost the same point differential that the Packers had with the Titans they had with the Jags. I think they had a little bit more separation in their game, but mm-hmm. they're coming off of a big win that might carry some momentum into, hey, if we want to keep playing, we have to win. So, you know, they're playing for something so that gives them kind of an edge that you have to go in there right away. And swing that momentum because you're coming off a hot win too. But what you're playing for and what they're playing for are very different. You already have the rest of your season determined. Like you already get to play more games. They don't. They're you would think they would come in kind of hungry. Like hey, we know we've played them already. We know how they beat us, and they beat us bad. So they also have that on their heads. And it's just you know like they're a football team. They're in, they're an NFL team like everyone else. We've seen the Packers struggle against worse so you kind of just hope that I'm kind of excited you know a lot of momentum going into this game but the Packers are just so hot and unstoppable right now it's going to be crazy if the Bears can even make it close I think you know they've got talent I'm not going to take that away from them in Montgomery or even Patterson gosh I would I would hate to see him run one back but it's not like I've never seen that before he's done it plenty of times not not against us or not just against us but like you know, he, that's what he's known for. So, um, yeah, it's just there's there's just so much going into this game that could be X factors. But at the end of the day, it's a division rivalry game. And that just adds like that little extra sprinkle on top of everything that this game means for both sides of the ball. So, yeah, you know, you kind of mentioned Jimmy Graham, too. He, kind, he had a, a pretty good game against the Jags, I think, too. Right. So two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he wants to come in and show the Packers like, yeah, you all talk shit about me and how bad I did, but I can still play. And you you just never know what's going on in these guys' minds when they play certain teams. But it's classic Bears-Packers, and I'm just excited to see them grind it. And, I yeah, you know, Packers-Bears week just always gets me so hyped up because you never know what to <laughs> expect from it. You can talk about the stats and the records all you want, but when the game actually comes, it's a classic rivalry game. And it's fun no matter what. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You mentioned 
like the kicking game of Cordero Patterson, we do have to at least spend a minute on the special teams for the Packers because it's the one glaring thing out of this past week. Uh, another missed extra point from Crosby. I'm not too worried about that because LeBron James misses free throws. You know, like or the airballs best. them, or yeah, right. I mean, like this is, and it's not like he's shooting in the snow, so <laughs> right, exactly. He's not kicking in a 14 mile an hour headwind. Uh, so I'm not. I mean, that part I'm not worried about. Thank God we didn't have to see a punt on on Sunday night. Which that I, did you guys see that stat from from Wes uh, the Packers that this was the first time I think since Elias Sports Bureau has been counting that the Packers committed zero penalties and punted zero times yes. in the game. Yeah, I did see that. Mm-hmm. So cool. But, I mean, even better, we didn't have to see J.K. Scott try to punt or cover a punt. He made but, that tackle, though, on the one that didn't count. Ex- exactly. <laughs> the best scenario for J.K. Scott to make the tackle on a play that didn't count. It's good so, practice. Get those reps in. It's, and did you see how happy he was? He, he was, was like, Jacked. I almost wish it counted just so it could go on the stat sheet, but you know, Andy Andy put out that video, so it's forever out there that he can tackle. It's but. immortalized. Internet <laughs> is forever. Uh but I mean, yeah, there's I mean there's gotta be something, you know, that needs that needs to change. Like hopefully I mean, that's really the one thing that you can think of, right? Moving I forward mean, is like the weakness. Yeah. yeah if you get, if interception, you get... but it just like it didn't feel like it even happened because everything right. was so good that you forget that that happened and mm-hmm. whatever, move on from it. But yeah. And I, I just think if you got to be nitpicky and we can be, I, the special team just overall, whether it's, I mean, it's been glaring as far as coverage has been Mason mm-hmm. Crosby, not too worried about the elements. I think we're a huge factor in that miss extra point. Um, but I think J.K. Scott overall definitely hasn't met my expectations as far as just how productive or how great he could be as a punter. And I think there's just some – I don't want to – I think it's just more of coaching or teaching moments for the the special teams group. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about how uh, – before the podcast, just about how uh, potential of maybe – was it Taylor that may have got touched by the ball on the punt return um, late in the game – Titans fans are all pissed off about, but like there's been a few times I've noticed that over the last few weeks. And I just think there's where they're too close to the ball on a punt where it's, you know, fire, 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 fair catch, get the hell out of the way. And like people are getting too close. There's just a lot of things that I just noticed that are just that don't jive, that don't make sense. And it's one thing if your punter can't tackle or you're missing an extra point when 20 mile an hour wins, but it's another thing if there's just like blatant rules of special teams on football that you're not following. So I, I don't know what needs to happen. Luckily it didn't, there wasn't any huge miscues this last week. Um, the ones that counted anyways, but, uh, yeah, going forward, it's, um, definitely a a topic of concern. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've said this time and time again, too, you shouldn't have to rely on your kicker or punter making the tackle. So I think there's a still like, yeah, we didn't really see anything too concerned yesterday, but, uh, Titans really aren't known for crazy special teams players. And now you go face a guy like Cordell Patterson. It's like, just kick it out at this point. I really yeah. don't want to risk it, risk seeing him run one back for 80 yards and demoralize your special teams any more than they've kind of already done to themselves. So yeah, if, yeah, like you said, if we want to get nitpicky, we can complain about them, but they, they're, they weren't really involved enough yesterday to, have anything to complain about except for a couple miscues here and there but yeah I think didn't they bring in a punter to practice yeah I think there's a punter on the practice squad uh-huh. now and I think that's I think really that's just to as an insurance policy like if something you know yeah if something happens in the in the playoffs you have a guy that's already gone through protocol and and everything like that, because I mean that's that's something to note too. Is J.K. Scott? It's not like he's been health exactly healthy this whole year. I, I I mean he almost missed the Colts game. He's been dealing with a quad injury, which for a a punter is not great, you know. <laughs> and he's been he's been put into positions on on kickoff duty when Mason was was dealing with his uh, injury for a little bit there. So. Yeah, I, I cut him a little bit of slack because again, he's still just he's a second year guy, and 
and everything else, but you guys are all hitting the valid points. Like if you're an NFL punter, especially one that's been drafted, uh, you need to be playing at a higher level. We expect a little bit better. Yeah. What, he, he's got the hang time too. I just wish he could yeah. have the distance because yeah. the ball is up there forever. And I think he's like one of the top in hang time, but it just needs to go farther. You can't have it up in the air for 10 seconds and then only go 40 yards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to end off with this because it's some, we should have addressed this when we were talking about the offense, but I think it's a great way to end off the show is did Aaron Rodgers wrap up the MVP conversation on Sunday or will this Sunday against the bears have any, any bearing uh, pardon the pun on, uh, on the outcome of the MVP race for you guys. I just can't, I can't fathom that, it's not already Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's just just the performance you put on on the you know primetime stage on Sunday night is I think adds a lot to it. Um, it's also paired with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just struggling as of late, uh, along with Russell Wilson, who I kind of think fell to that third tier uh, as far as the race went uh, after Thanksgiving. So I, I would have to imagine it would have to be an absolute awful game from the Packers and then a kind of Madden-esque performance from Patrick Mahomes, four, five, six touchdowns. And even then, I don't even know if that's enough because you have a game like Janelle mentioned earlier where it's Bears-Packers and everything goes kind of out the window at that point. It ends up being just a slobber knocker. And you just hope that uh, whatever Aaron's done at this point, the um, society we live in as the most recent biased, don't remember from September till now, um, doesn't take place with the voting, but everything that I've heard from um, reporters and people that actually do vote, uh, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers has their vote up at this point. So I would, I would be shocked if anyone I can, and I can't think of anyone else. I mean, there was talks of Derrick Henry. So between those four, um, I think at, at this point, it's a hundred percent Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I think you've seen like the spread is much farther in favor of Rodgers now. And I mean, the thing is he's, playing at such a high caliber level and he's 12 years older than Mahomes like he looks like old vintage Aaron Rodgers he's basically playing himself in stats from the earlier 2010 years it's it's ridiculous like he's basically trying to beat out his own stats and I I, it's just incredible what he's done and we say this every year about Aaron Rodgers because he's just a magic man out there but oh my gosh I cannot think of anybody out there who is more valuable to their team than Aaron Rodgers is to the Packers. And I kind of laugh when I see like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook's name thrown in the hat. It's like, eh, I would definitely probably say Dalvin Cook more than Derrick Henry, honestly, because yeah. Dalvin Cook is definitely more valuable to the Vikings than Henry is to the Titans. But it's like Aaron Rodgers is just on such a high pedestal that it's nice that finally people are realizing that and finally putting him above Mahomes because I'm like I think us as Homer Packer fans have been saying that for about 17 weeks now that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP but it's nice that he has finally gained those votes and like the the wow factor and maybe it took a Sunday night game against the Titans to really show him like hey he's not messing around he's the best there is right now and I hope this shoves it down your throats that he is the best and the MVP of the league. I I really don't see a scenario that takes it away from him. But I mean it's he's just incredible and we are so lucky to be able to watch him and cheer for him every week and I I'm just like in awe of what <laughs> she said. It's just like you watch what he does and it's just like this wasn't supposed to be an air game and he goes out and throws yeah. four touchdowns. Like what is that? In a snow game, it's it's Aaron Rodgers. It, it, it's what he does, and yeah, he's got he's had my vote for ever every year, every time he's out on the field. But I mean, it doing it at thirty seven is just ridiculous. And yeah, yeah, I, I I mean I'm right there with you guys. I think like the the only thing, like literally the only thing I can think of is like let me let me run this by you is if he has a game similar to what happened against Carolina, where, like, le- like let's say it's that stat line. One touchdown pass, 
under 150 yards throwing, you know, maybe he doesn't get sacked five times, but just like it's like the offense works, but it's not working through him. So he, so like I, and I'm with you guys too. I think he's done enough, even if the, even if it comes out and it's a a 10-7 game on on Sunday where the it's all running through the 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 run game, or it, it's whatever it is, it's not running through Aaron Rodgers. I think even with that, he's done enough throughout the whole season with the stat line that he has up, the records that he's been setting. There's just I, – I think there's no way. And then, yeah, this is just the cherry on top of it. As as Wayne Larry would say, it's the – it is your dagger. Like this was the dagger game for the MVP for Aaron Rodgers. It has to be because this just – this is a capper of an amazing season for Aaron Rodgers. And like Janelle said and what we've been saying, just appreciate what the hell we're watching because we're so goddamn lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it, guys. Like, we could seriously be, we could be the Redskins, or I, I should say, the Washington Football Team, who are cutting their first-round draft pick quarterback with a week left to go in the season. You know, we we could be the Lions, where we're hoping that Matt Stafford is a, an above-average quarterback and becomes the best quarterback that we've ever had in our franchise's history. We could be, we could be so. We, we could fall so easily into the rut of so many bad teams and we get a guy like Aaron Rodgers to fall into our lap and to have this kind of experience. It's it's unreal, and uh, it's been fun to watch this season. Uh, so, yeah, coming up this week, guys, on Sunday, it's a 425 game. Got flexed into that. Are you surprised that it's not a Sunday night game again? Ooh. That would be a big flex if they put it into that. Yeah, I don't know what the Sunday night one is, but I'm good. I'm good with the 325 central. They flexed Washington Philly uh, into the Sunday night game. I mean, you when you're in, so I guess yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense. And those, I mean, it's for the Bears too, though, kind of almost. Yeah, but to yeah. win the division, I guess I don't know. That's I didn't really. That was the one that was in. To but, win the division, that's just most <laughs> sad. It's, I mean, I'm definitely okay with it because I'm I'm a little like, over the primetime schedule. Like, they don't even have a quarterback, but, you know, like flex them into it. You know, let's just see what they do on, <laughs> on the big stage. <laughs> they've, they've literally just cut their player two hours earlier, but let's primetime. <laughs> maybe maybe it'll provide really good entertainment. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? It'll be good because we'll get to we'll get to watch the Packers beat up on the Bears on Sunday and then bask in the glow of a number one seed and watch watch the the you know the peons of the rest of the nfc duke it out for for the scraps i mean it would be really unfair for the bears have to get embarrassed twice on the big stage so like let's just slide it into the 325 (laughs) so it can hide in shame and let it be I like that. Well, stick with us throughout the rest of the week, guys, uh, as we get you ready for week 17 against the Bears uh, on Sunday here at the Pack-A-Day Podcast. We'll have more coming up the rest of this week, more people breaking down anything and everything that comes along with the Green Bay Packers. So stick with us. Make sure you're following us on social media at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Let them know so that they can listen and just in time for the playoff run. Uh, you can also follow all three of us on social media. Um, I'm on there at DKL the way you can follow me there. Uh, guys, where can people follow you and what do you got to got to promote this week? Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter still at Matt underscore fray underscore. It's at M A T T underscore F R A underscore. Uh, check out the PackersWorldwide.com website. We got blogs coming up there as we get towards playoff time. Of course, our live stream during halftime of all the Packers games with PWW halftime hits. And check out all the other content we're putting out. Um, and, of course, Dan didn't plug, but check out Florial Fridays. And make sure you're <laughs> tweeting at Dan with some good Florial Friday stuff. I know See, it's probably – yeah. we're not really in that peak season right now because the Packers are playing really, really well. The Vikings are playing really, really bad. They're but they're Florio up. <laughs> They, they kind of have, but you, you got to dig a little bit deeper. Um, Janelle, where can everyone find your tweets and then steal memes from you? Yeah. Gosh, dang it, Matt. <laughs> yes, I am the watermark girl here at Packaday. Whatever it is, what it is. I'm just going to steer into the skid. But yeah, you can find me at. <laughs> yeah, whatever. 
Uh, you can find me at Big Mac underscore four. Um, and I also think we need to hype up Matt a little bit here because he just played a Madden game, yeah. Lucas Patrick, and kicked the snot out of him and topped it off by throwing a fake to Lucas Patrick in the game. So I think we just yeah, need that was to fun. Matt for a second. <laughs> Appreciate the plug. Appreciate the plug. Yeah, it was fun. Um, the Packers had a Madden tournament that was sponsored by Quick Trip, but also uh, proceeds went to Paul's Pantry. So that was pretty cool. Um, played on Saturday over the weekend, kind of get to the final three or four, or I guess it had been the final three. Um, had an opportunity to play against Lucas Patrick, which was cool. And knowing that he was able to get some playing time on Sunday was also cool. So we talked a little bit about that. Um I play Madden quite a bit. Anyone that knows me, um, Lucas Patrick clearly does not based off of kind of our pregame <laughs> discussion. He was um, impressed that I was switching my playbook. So that'll tell you a little bit about his knowledge level of the game. But um, start out a little rocky in the first quarter. But uh, the wheels definitely fell off for Mr. Patrick after he tried to run the ball many, many times. And when he had to resort to passing, um, I was able to tighten up on defense. But yes, the uh, the fake touchdown to Lucas Patrick is exactly what I wanted to be able to happen in that game. Um, I was trying to figure out if there's a way I could sub him in at fullback, tight end, anywhere, and I realized at a certain point, I'm like, I'm just going to have to try to get him in on a fake, and it the stars aligned, and it actually went for a touchdown, which was incredible. I, uh, I cannot I was wait. like cackling. I was like, what a savage. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot yeah. wait to get that clip and save it for eternity as an MP4 on my computer. Um, so that'll be awesome. But yeah, it was a good time. Um, hopefully, there's more things like that that the Packers put on uh, good cause. And they, you know, I know it's not maybe in their realm of possibilities of things they normally do. A lot of these tournaments are sanctioned with EA or the NFL or kind of, I guess, more technically advanced companies, if you will. Um, but it was well done. And um, Amon Green was a part of it. Wes Hodges was a part of it. So it was, it was pretty cool to do it. But um, thanks for the plug. And uh, yeah, if anyone ever wants to play me in Madden, uh, the DMs are open. <laughs> want to get humanized by Matt on Matt? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I, I put up less points against Matt than Lucas Patrick did. Uh, so that should tell you enough. And I loved Wes Hodges literally say as – as you were running back, I think the second pick six on on uh, on Lucas Patrick the that Matt Freilich, yeah, that yeah. Matt Freilich was putting on was uh, oh what did he like oh, a fray licking a fray, um, he's yeah he's putting on a fray licking of Lucas Patrick. It was awesome. <laughs> Perfect, Janelle. Have you beaten any uh, any NFL players, man? Um, Recently? no. <laughs> I don't dare step out into the spotlight and flex my lack of Madden skills. <laughs> You're more of a chell person, right? NHL? I just go on there to tap Y and drop the gloves. That's really the only thing that I like to play chell for. Of course. Flukes happen with me when I play games like chell and Madden, but drop the gloves and I'll, I'll win. <laughs> Um, I, I forgot to mention uh, that you can catch me each week on Game on Wisconsin as well uh, every Wednesday night at Lombardi's Bar 8.30 on their YouTube channel. We've got a big show this week. Uh, Manitowoc Minute himself, Charlie Behrens, is going to be joining us live on the show. Uh, so that's that's something I'm looking forward to a lot. He absolutely hates the Bears, so it's perfect that we're bringing him on for hate week uh, number two here. So check us out over there. Uh, Game on Wisconsin as well, doing a lot of cool stuff. So until next time, guys, hopefully we're discussing what the Packers are doing in the middle of their bye week. But uh, until then, guys, take it easy, beat the Bears, and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.